Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orange Express with a bit of a sidetrack, but nothing less than fun, I assure you. Uh, and so I am going to give it over to my investigators to my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I'm playing Aidan Moore who has just had a bit of a run-in with some little fellas with pointy heads. Yes, we're not, they're not even mathematics professors. To the other side of the table. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Madame Davina. And I, I seem to have procured a new confusing item. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah, it does seem that you've had gotten your hands on something that seems a bit unique. Which isn't out of school for Madame Davina, I would imagine. Probably more on that later. So when we last saw our investigators, our team, as it were, here, they were just laying their way out of a very dark and foreboding and slightly dangerous house in Paris, where they'd done a little bit of investigating, a little bit of gnome punching, and then a little thievery. And so... They are boarding uh, the next morning a ferry that will return them to Dover by way of Calais. And so what we'll do is we'll pick up midday as the ferry gets going. The two of you have managed with your uh, well, your, your hotel room in Paris to get a little sleep. Uh, it is impossible to erase the angry statuesque faces that you encountered last night, nor the music, which seems to worm its way inside your brains as you sleep, to the point where, Aiden, you are uh, humming that somewhat mystical tune when you wake up, unfortunately. Uh, it's quite cheap. But the two of you now sit on the ferry, headed back to England. Yeah, I know last time we were on the ferry that Madame Davina tried to hustle for some cash. But after all that's happened, she would probably enjoy maybe a, a less eventful trip back home. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, if nothing else, the uh, Beatons have assured you that you'll be paid for your services. So maybe a little less hustling is reasonable mm -hmm. at this point. Plus, uh, the events of Paris were a little traumatic. Quieter might be the, the, the better choice. She also remembers that Aiden was not the best wing person on the trip down. Certainly, certainly. And she's not interested in telling him his fortune again. <laughs> it's like Aiden is uh, is a bit more subdued uh, on the uh, on the way back as well. You know, he uh, took some uh, some hurt from uh, the run in with the the wee fellas in the in the house, and he's still nursing 
nursing his wounds a, a little bit. Although I, I, I would imagine overnight, uh, in game terms, there's been some hit point recovery. Mm. Night's rest. Indeed, indeed. You've got a couple of hit points back. Thank you. Aiden, are you okay? You keep humming that tune. Uh, it's, a, it's a catchy wee number. I've heard it before. It's, it's like, it feels kind of familiar, but I don't think I know it. It's a bit of an earworm, yes. Uh, a, a what now? In in earworm, it wiggles into your brain. It, it gets stuck there. Earworm. Uh, I like that. Is, is that a, a Hungarian saying then? Yeah, something like that. Hi, hi, earworm. Hi, hi. I like that. There are uh, members of the fairy that, that do staff here that occasionally walk around with the paper or um, area where you can get um, tobacco or right now they're not serving any alcohol at the moment. It's usually reserved for the afternoon fairy. If you have a flask though, you do not need to wait for service. I'll just stick to a nice cup of tea, I think. So, what did what did you make of all that then? I don't... I Honestly, I don't even know where to begin with it, Aiden. This man, we've seen the, the power that he holds or that surrounds him on now multiple occasions. It seems that way. He seems very dangerous of a person. Well, that, that house, though, that, that house in Paris didn't have his name on it anywhere. I guess he's just kind of keeping it on the down low, you know. Perhaps it was a family home or he's going by a different name. Aye, the man is maybe, the kind aye. of man that likes to keep secrets. Perhaps he trained in the dark arts there. Aye, well, I don't know about that, but maybe you're onto something there. What was the name of the fella that you saw on the on the paperwork? Bure, was it? Maybe that's a nom de plume or something that he uses. Possibly. Aye, maybe, maybe he calls himself that when he's in France. And maybe he calls himself something different wherever he goes. He seems like a man with many secrets and many reasons to hide things. Aye, but what's his game? What's his game? That we do not know yet. I mean, I mean, why would you think those 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 gnomes, the those creatures? Uh, you think they were there just purely to to protect this this, this object, this whatever it is, this key, this musical instrument that uh, that we found in that room? Perhaps they did serve the purpose of, like, a guard dog. Aye, maybe, maybe. Question is it then, I suppose, what, what is this thing? Why, why is it so important? Aiden, I have very similar questions to you. I, I don't, I'm sorry, Aiden, I cannot answer your questions I right now. I, I, no, 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 I know, I know you can't. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of thinking aloud, really. I, you know, I, that's how I, I puzzle over things, you know. I, I kind of talk them out, you know. Sometimes, sometimes I, th- I find if, if you say something aloud, you, you kind of come a better way to, to finding a, an explanation for it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I, I think I understand what you mean. Hi. So, uh, so what uh, what do you think next? Then should we uh, should we meet up with uh, your man beaten when we get uh, across home again? Oh yes, certainly. I think that is that is our our our. Well, we have to collect payment for one. Well, aye, that's true enough. That's true enough. Uh, what do you think we should tell him, though? I believe we should tell him the tell him the truth. Tell him about this this key thing as well. Well, the key has seen mm. it himself, correct? 
Strange things, I mean. Well, I I seen strange things. So I'm sorry. I thought he meant he'd seen the key, or whatever it is. Maybe he has seen the key. We do not know. I maybe 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 his wife has. Yes, his, and maybe his wife can share more information with us about her relationship with this Fitz Fitzgeorge character. Fitzgeorge or whatever his name is. I I wouldn't be surprised if his name's not like Fitzgeorge. That's just some some made up name. Perhaps there are some other circles that he hangs out in as well. Other associates that we could uh, get into contact with. I maybe maybe. It remind me, um, if you would, Mike, um, when when I was doing my initial investigations into this Fitzgeorge fella, had I found out anything about the, the, the social circles that, that, that he keeps, or was he very much a kind of closed book? He was a fairly closed book, for the most part, uh, although you did learn that... He keeps a few um, solicitors within his purview. You had learned and seen, likely, that uh, he made visit. Uh, you know about the court case, quite obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he, he probably works in those legal circles. But given what you've seen, it's possible maybe he uses them just to avoid legal infractions. Yeah, but nothing about a, a social social circle you know who is who his friends might be and no and where he lives in london as well a secret hmm. that's very interesting perhaps he is a member of the london spiritualist society london what now it, it is it is this group led by this s- stupid man uh the london spiritualist society what, what is that now is that is that some kind of uh, a group of toffs that sit around and have seances and the like? Well, uh, yes, that is exactly it. I know that they do swindle um, el- elderly women out of their money often. That is led by this man, Lord Walters. But if, if they run in similar circles, perhaps he knows something about this Fitzgeorge. Do you know this fella? This Lord Walters, you say? I, I only know of him. I do not know him specifically. <sighs> I will maybe maybe uh maybe that's a a good thought you know if if he sounds like the kind of thing that he's maybe a, a member of I sounds like he's right up his street just throwing just throwing ideas out there I mean we I know no it's a good idea there if there's anyone a... that you know that's connected I uh, should... I believe we must pull every string that we can on this weather I I well I, I I tend to agree with you there now so the ferry returns to Dover. It lands and uh, docks without issue, and the two of you are soon available thereafter to take the train up to London. My question to you is, given that you still have some portion of the day left, you'd reach Victoria Station by just before three. Given that you'd have some time left, hmm. what would you do with the balance of the day? Just before three, yeah. Um, Do you think it is important enough that we should go visit them right away? Um, well, I'd kind of like to see the wife, you know. Um, but uh, I mean, I suppose we, we could drop by, just let him, let him know. I could drop by the office, let him know that I'm back and just that, that we've got information for him. Maybe we could go and see him this evening or something. 
Yes, I, I believe they will want to know right away as mm. soon as we can share with them. Well, well, let's do that then. Let's let's get a cab when when we get back to the station, and and, and we'll just we'll pop our heads in the door and, and uh, uh, let him know that, that that we're home and we've got news for him and see see what he wants to do. I mean, you never know; he might might be busy with work and, and that kind of thing. Okay, so after Victoria Station, you gather a cab, and in short order, are whisked to a uh, a nice area of London, where you uh, yet again walk among socially speaking people that are a little bit more financially able than yourselves that is evident by the clothes they wear and the sheer amount of uh, servants around them beaten residence stands before you right you do want to do the honors uh, yes okay i will go up and knock on the door young man answers the door can i help you Yes, we are here to see Mr. and Mrs. Beaton. We were being expected. Oh, you're expected. He looks just for a moment back towards the depth of the house. Please, please come in. Um, and you are? Uh, yes, Madame Davina, and I have uh, Aiden Moore with me. Oh, give me just one moment. Thank you very much. He lets you step in the foyer area here, and then uh, he turns around and walks back towards the middle of the home and you see a butler soon thereafter enter the space. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, how's about you? We're just back from France. We're here to see the Beatons. Oh, I, uh, of course. Um, back from France. Are you the, are you here because of uh, Ernest's request? Aye, that's right, aye. Hmm. Did the wee fella not tell you? No, no. We had to, uh, we've had to gather some new members of staff. A, a thousand apologies. He reaches his arm out and extends it towards uh, a room. Please come and sit. Uh, make yourself comfortable. Right, Yarno. Uh, a few minutes later, uh, Ernest Beaton arrives downstairs. He's looks like he's just pushed himself into uh, a jacket a little bit. He's fussing as he walks into the room. Here, you've returned. You noticed? Aye, uh, so we did, aye. Well, nearly didn't it. Truly? Uh, well, uh, I, yeah, no way. I, I, I joke, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, well, it wasn't exactly all plain sailing, if you catch my drift. He turns to the, just, just the slightest of head turns towards the butler. You may leave us. Butler leaves and shuts the door. I do hope you've brought good news. Well, I don't believe we have brought much news. We did not find the man. What we found did scare us. And we were hoping that perhaps your wife has more information she can share. Well, she she has been in bed most of the days. Been gone, but uh, she is slowly recovering. I'm glad to hear that. I I think, though, that given the, the particularities of, uh, of our little excursion a- uh, across the channel um, the more we can find out the more we can know about what you and your wife know about this fella the better because it looks like he's he's mixed up in some shady dealings it's as I feared some uh, chicanery or, or some sort of and I do not mean to impugn your business 
Madame Davina, but it seems that he's came in amongst the same circles of people that Esther decided to, um, well, expand her social circles into. I, I take no offense. Well, that, that, that's exactly the kind of thing that we need to know. He came in with, who, who did he come in with? How did, how did your wife meet him? Who introduced him to her? Did she seek him out or did he seek her out? She, with uh, several of her social friends, went to a tea house in London. I'll give you the address for it. Please do, yes. Uh, at this reputable, uh, he seems to stress with both his eyes and meaning, reputable house she was caught in conversation with this Fitzgeorge fellow and before anyone else could explain where he had come from the man offered his own explanation as to who he was and where he came from vaunted himself some sort of um, investment agent from both Italy and France and beyond extending all the way east to Constantinople. Constantinople? Where is that? Is that out east somewhere now? Indeed. It is east. It's uh, unfortunately a land that has been troubled for many years by unsettled rulers. He actually takes you over to a map here in the room. And he shows you on a map where the Black Sea meets the Aegean Sea and you see two pieces of land that seem to bisect them. And he points directly at the dot that's in the center. He says, that is Constantinople. It historically has been a very turbulent place. Aye, aye, right enough. So so this fella says he's some sort of financial consultant or something? and well, That's what he builds himself there as, at this tea house. But then I, quite frankly, I can't possibly leave this lie... I have heard other reports, reports of him showing up at bathhouses and being, well, reportedly involved several people at these bathhouses. Right now, so so you you say reportedly involved with several people. That's that's all a wee bit vague and, and uh, indistinct. I I I can't really do anything with that. I I need to know facts and names and dates and places if I can follow this follow this through. Man is trying to be a gentleman, uh, possibly because you are in the company of a lady. But what kind of business do you think a man would have the bath? Well, you're going to have to spell it out for me, I'm afraid. I, I don't I, I don't know what you're what you're alluding to. Is this something salacious that you're talking about? Is this uh, some, something the um, illegal trade, flesh trade or something? Is that what you're meaning? Um, it is my understanding see, let's straighten his tie. Um, that he has had um, relations with men at these bathhouses. I'm with you now. He's I. I. There's there's a variety of names for that kind of a fellow. But I, as you say, there's a there's a lady in the room, so I won't I I won't besoil the air with them. But what has that to do with anything in terms of 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 his, his business with your wife? So the gentleman likes other gentlemen. So that that's neither here nor there. The way I say it. Hmm. No, I and I agree. It does not bear on the situation because he seemed to have no issue 
preying on my wife. So, aye. So the question I suppose I'm I'm asking is, did he just come out of the blue and and, uh, and speak to your wife, or was he introduced to your wife? They met at the tea house, correct? Aye, but how did they meet? Did he just walk up and say hello? No. It sounds like there is some confusion regarding that, Aiden, and that. It is a story which my wife refuses to tell. Well, I'm afraid she's just going to have to tell it, uh, and, and I think uh, if, if she won't tell it to you, maybe she'll tell it to us once once she, she hears the kind of shenanigans that this fellow's up to. Well, if you are willing to speak with her, I'm certain the lady of the house can be made available to you. I'm, I'm more than willing to speak to her, uh, as, as long as you feel she's up to it. Because I might, I, 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 I'm telling you, sir, I, I'll have some hard questions for her. Aiden, she's in a fragile state. This is the only way. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if this is uh, a little on the blunt side, but this is the only way we're going to find out anything about this man. We can't pussyfoot around this whole issue. Because if we do, we'll find out nothing and we'll not be able to help you. So if, if, you, if you're not forthright with us, there's nothing we can do about it. I hired the detective agency to do a thorough investigation, and I agree that uh, I cannot have such an investigation be thorough unless I am willing to make sure that you have all the information you need. Absolutely. It, it seems to be this fella has, has got very vague and, and shady background that nobody seems to know nothing about it, and we're trying to find out something about it. Because only that way can we help you. Of course, there is a drawing room upstairs. We will make it available. Uh, give me ten minutes. I do appreciate it. Don't don't think that I don't I, I don't appreciate it, sir. But uh, as I say, I'm sorry. I, I'm 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 a bit blunt. But you know, frankly, we've 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 had a pretty hard time across there in in, in Paris, and you know, I think it's time for for some solid information to come our way. I'll make her available to you, but of course I uh, require to be in the room. Why? Why? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think any other way. Of course. Um, if she has not told you yet, what makes you think that she will tell us with you in the room? Well, she will simply come to understand that she is holding the entire process up. Well, here's a thought. How about this now? How about if we have a wee chat, all of us in the room together, and if it looks like she's still holding something back, she's maybe not wanting to be as forthcoming as we might need her to be, why don't you and I, why don't we step outside to smoke a, smoke a pipe or, or, or something like that? And perhaps Madame Davina can, can speak to her, you, you know, one, one lady to another. Uh, maybe she'll, she'll, uh, uh, she'll be able to, to feel a little bit more, more confident and, and, uh, and that kind of thing in that sort of situation. That seems fair. Very well. I will go and make the drawing room uh, and the lady therein presentable. He uh, steps out of the room shortly thereafter, and you are given space within the room down here, which you've been in before, because this is where the party was uh, several nights ago. And uh, a short while later, uh, the butler, you assume the head butler, gathers the two of you and walks you upstairs into the private home portion of the estate where you are seen to a drawing room. It's probably got six or maybe seven total seats at it. Uh, They seem fairly comfortable. There's a small, long table near one end of it, which looks like it could be uh, used for a 
either tea service or buffet or something akin to that. And then in the lone seventh seat, that chair in the far middle end, which would normally be reserved for the man of the house, Esther Beaton sits. She looks like she hasn't slept in days. Her eyes are downcast. You feel her frailty from across the room. She's covered in a blanket. It's across her lap. And she is slowly and patiently petting a very large cat. And uh, Ernest acknowledges you when you enter and then walks you over to the couches beside her chair. Aiden woke nod his head. Good afternoon, Miss Mrs. Beaton. Um, uh, uh, I, I, as you know, I'm uh, Aiden Moore. Um, uh, I hope you're feeling uh, a wee bit better today. I am. I'm recovering. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if your your husband uh, mentioned this, and, and 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 I'm very sorry to have to disturb you and, and uh, ask you some maybe some difficult questions, but uh, as you probably know. Um, we are looking into this uh, this young man, this uh, Fitzgeorge fella, uh, who you uh, who you've been made the acquaintance of uh, recently. Um, we we believe that his intentions, madam, might not be completely honourable. Hmm. In, in order to ascertain whether or not this is the case. Um, we're we're doing a, a wee bit of uh, looking into his his, uh, his past, his his history, what kind of man he is, what kind of uh, what kind of company he keeps, and that sort of thing. If you follow my drift, mm. um, so is it is it all right if we ask you a few wee questions about the man? I suppose. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that very much. That, that, that'll be a great help to to us. Um, I suppose the very first question that I'd, I'd like to ask you is, how did you come to meet this fellow Fitzgeorge? There is a tea house that friends of mine would meet at uh, every fortnight. And Ernest's the one who encouraged me to go and to, to be more social. He said that uh, being trapped up here in the house wasn't good for me. And, and so I went and I remember enjoying all sorts of chats with my friends and um, the occasional game of bridge and there was one day where it felt like a, a different breeze had come into the, the room and I remember seeing him across the space there, across the, the tea house. And he had just a different air about him. He was a different sort of fellow than many of the other ladies that I was with was taken aback by his, um, his features. Of course, London is a very diverse city. There are many people here from many nations, but there was something about him that was intriguing. She almost seems to brighten as she talks about him. And uh, was the gentleman alone when he arrived in the tea house, or was he in company? 
No, no, he was alone. He didn't have anyone else with him. I thought, many of us thought that maybe he was meeting someone there. But he took a table nearby. And I remember one of the ladies I was with. I remember her commenting that he had some sort of loan on. That she could smell what he, whatever he was wearing. Uh, I see, I, I. And what happened next? I remember him standing up, and he must have he must have finished his his tea, and he he stood up, and the lady next to me, uh, Alice, said that she nodded to him, and he nodded to her in return, and and suddenly the two of them were speaking. He walked over and introduced himself, and he was very pleasant. Seems to sit up straighter. It was a... I don't know, it was fascinating. We heard all about his travels. Italy, Paris. He mentioned another place, a place he had been. Egypt. She brightens even further. He'd been all over. Madame Davina, from your position, you can see if it was possible for Ernst to grind the rock of Gibraltar between his molars, he would have. Mm-hmm. He is deeply frustrated. You say he, he told you of, of his travels and that. What, what kind of tales did he tell? What, 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 kind of, uh, what kind of adventures did he have on these travels? Hmm. He spoke of a story. He met uh, Lady Margaret Bromwell and um, and her cats. Something about that. Um, he said that uh, he had met her on the Orient Express while traveling back to uh, while traveling to London here, and uh, he had somehow charmed her two cats. Cats that uh, evidently these pair of Siamese that just are well. They're not here, like Daisy. She kind of pets her cat in her lap. They're not pleasant. They're um, very protective. But somehow he'd managed to charm both those cats and had them eating out of his hand. I see. Uh, and he was quite a charming man then. Mm, indeed. Her features and her body position have now changed back more towards her at the party. You see the vibrant... Esther again. So it seems like whenever she thinks about and talks about this this man, it, it kind of gives her a, a spark of vitality. Seems to be, yeah. Did did he share your interest in the, the spiritual side of the world? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the most well-read men I know. He said he'd studied text from all over the East and that he'd been to the Orient as well. Well, he certainly seems to get about a bit, doesn't he? Hmm. Did he uh, did he speak of his his uh, education, uh, where he came from, that sort of thing? He said that he was educated in Paris, and he went to some of the finest schools there. He spoke French flawlessly. So, so he was a, a, a Parisian gentleman. He was French himself. Did he say? He didn't. Actually, she seems to get. She, you can see her eyes cloud physically, but she seems to, to search for something as if it's out there in the fog, but she can't 
land on what it is. They make a, a psychology role to maybe get an idea about um, if there's some anything unusual about um, you know she if she's trying to grasp for for uh, very hazy memories and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Okie dokie. So I have got a psychology of sixty-one. Um, yeah. So that is a twenty-six. I've just rolled. Um, mm-hmm. That's a hard success for my psychology. Okay, so what what are you specifically looking for? I'm kind of looking just in the way in, in the kind of the way that she's being quite vague and you're sort of saying her eyes are, are clouding over, like she's searching for something. Do I get the feeling that I, I've come across these um, charlatans and, and that kind of thing who who claim to be mesmerists and uh, you know and be able to? Um, I've seen you know acts for for people who you know who who uh, get uh, members of the audience onto the stage and make them cluck like chickens and that kind of thing. Do I get the impression that maybe he has somehow managed to, um, with with uh, his uh, his words and way of speaking, tell her, speak to her without telling her anything, and but she thinks she kind of knows something about him, but maybe she doesn't know anything at all. And now now she's now she's actually trying to pinpoint um, uh, some some knowledge. She she kind of finds it's not even there. Uh, it's a bit like that, but the correlative that I'll give you is a little different. You equate it with um, some of the soldiers that you'd treated in the sense that when something traumatic happened to them, they're unable to give you a specific point about what happened. They couldn't tell you where the lieutenant went, but they can tell you some of the things around that situation. Now, it may be that the the man died. It may be that the man went on to a great victory, but that moment in time for them is removed because of something traumatic happening. Right. So like a blind spot kind of yep. thing in her memory. Um, all right. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh, that's very interesting. That's very interesting that, uh, no, you, you had this, uh, this, this chat with him, this, this first meeting in the, in the tea house, uh, when did he next meet him after that? Oh, well, I had had a, a social function here at the home for some of my, um, well, some of our, she points to Ernest, some of our social circle, whether they be business or whether they be um, some of my own social uh, acquaintances. We had a, a small gathering here, maybe 30 or 40 people. And happened to be that he was there to escort one of the guests. And it was uh, wonderful to see him again. And it was after that, really, that he just seemed to pop up every now and again. Well, you say he was escorting one of the guests. Do you recall who it was he was escorting? Um, you know, I don't. But there must be a guest book for the event. Yes. Uh, do, do you know of other guests that are, were there? We could also ask them. Or uh, Perhaps Roger would know. She looks over at Ernest. Perhaps he would have the, the book of who came. We would have written letters thanking people for attendance, of course. But but I, I, th- I think, yes, he would have the book. Roger? Who, who, who is Roger? Ernest looks over and says... Uh, her personal assistant. 
I have Roger Turnberry. He's uh, just down the hall. Oh, well, I, th- I think we'll maybe have a, a wee word with him later on, if that's all right. Certainly. Now, my dear, tell them, tell them how often he came. She seems to look a little uncomfortable. Well, uh, I suppose, Alexander, you can hear like the slightest bit of affection she places on his name. He would come around um, for a few days at first. Tea. Sometimes in the garden. Isn't that rather frequent for a man you'd only just met? I make no excuses for having a, a social life, nor should. Did people come with him when he came to, to, to visit, or did he just come on his own? No, he came on his own. So it was just yourself and him having tea in the garden uh, every few days? Well, there were members of staff around. It wasn't like we were having some private times together. She seems to direct the words at Ernest. Did he bring you any gifts at any point during these? Did he bring you any trinkets or small presents? No, no, that would be highly inappropriate. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mom. Do, do continue. She seems a little clouded. I don't know that I... She seems her hand suddenly go to her neck. Have you lost something, Mom? There was something he gave me. A necklace. Oh, yes. Is this prior to your party, which you had your spell? It was the, uh, it was the day before. He came to make sure that everything was prepared for the uh, event. Mm-hmm. Did you think that it was entirely appropriate for a married woman to be accepting a, such a gift from a uh, a young, single young man. I, I presume he was single. He's not married himself. I I don't believe so, but it seemed to a small bauble, if nothing else. It was... He had been coming around for a few months at that point. What did this necklace look like? There was a a small charm on it with some, some artistic filigree or something like that. She described the necklace that we have. Yeah, she does. I must have lost it at some point. There were no fineries heaped on me, if that's the accusation. In terms of of, of this fella, ma'am, Fitzgeorge, whenever you saw him and spoke to him, was it always here, this house? Or did, did you ever meet him anywhere else? Did you ever meet him at uh, his place of residence, for instance? No, we were always here. Although, he did mention that there was an apartment not too far from the tea house that he maintained as a residence here in London. Nice area, it seemed to be, at least from the address. Um, I have it there on the, uh, in my journal. Oh, if we might see it, yes, please, that would be uh, very useful. Certainly. She uh, doesn't get up, but Ernst comes over and appropriates her journal and hands it to her. You can tell just from the way he grabs it, it is likely something it might be just slightly an, of an annoyance to him. I think if if I can, while there's a certain amount of distraction, while 
he's getting the journal and handing it to her and the two of them are looking to each other. Certainly. I'd like to very quietly whisper to Madame Davina, we might want to get a look at that journal at some point. I, there's a percent chance that I could nick it. Well, if you'd like me to provide any sort of distraction, then I'm, I'm your man. Yes, here it is, here it is, here it is. He wasn't far at all from um, Westminster. Um, you can tell by the way she's speaking. She does not mean the building. And uh, would you mind giving us over this this address? Hmm. She leaves through the pages until she finds it. Yes, it's uh, right here. Chadwick Street. She shows you the address. Is this a street that I would uh, I would know of? I would recognize another location of? I, I would say, roughly speaking, you would probably know it as something that is close to some of the more governmental structures. It seems to you a strange place yet again for someone to have an apartment. Hmm. But not impossible. And this is where he lived? Well, he's uh, in London, yes? Hmm, indeed. I see, I see. Well, thank you, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. I think... Um, We've, we've probably uh, uh, we've, we've probably tired you out uh, enough for for one day, uh, Mrs. Beaton. Uh, you've been very very helpful. Uh, unless there's there's anything that, that uh, you wish to ask, um, Madam Davina. No, I I believe that that is uh, plenty of information. That uh, we have some good uh, uh, threads to pull on with the tea house and as as well as uh, finding who he came to the house with. We are concerned, Mrs. Beaton, that this man, although he seems very worldly, very charming individual, we see, we believe that he he has, um, well, not altogether honourable intent. Uh, You can't always judge a book by its cover, uh, Mrs. Beaton, and this man's cover may be uh, glossy and and, uh, fine, but uh, inside, I, f- I feel that there's a very, very different story. Uh, this is not a man that uh, I would recommend you you trust any further. And, and if he does try and meet or, or approach you or anything like that in, in the future, I, I, would, I, I would be very grateful if, if you would let us know about it. Uh, because uh, we believe that his, uh, yes, he, he, is, uh, he is up to no good, this fella. He is up to no good. He does not have your best interests at heart. She gives you a, a strange look. I can't believe that Alexander would do anything except honorable things. I well, this is exactly the, the, the... Mrs. Beaton, you don't really know anything about this man other than what he's told you. We believe he may have been the cause of your spell at the party. Oh. Huh. oh perhaps uh, over-exuberance or, or uh, too tight of an outfit. Um, it's possible, but but I, I, it's very hard for me to believe that Alexander would do anything to hurt me. Aye, well, I've met many a many a charming uh, rascal in my time, who's uh, who's had fine, fancy words and compliments and for uh, for people, and and then while he's smiling in your face and, and saying how lovely you look, his uh, his other hand is reaching reaching round to take the wallet out of your pocket. So I, I've met more than one or two of these types of fellas in my time. So, like I say, he may seem all peaches and cream and nice as pie, 
but uh, underneath, uh, I, uh, he's a he's a no good fella. Hmm. Well, if you do find him, you'll let us know. Oh, um, I'm I'm sure the world will come to you. She continues to pet her cat. Ernest stands up and gestures towards the doorway. Let's leave her for a moment. Perhaps we can um, speak with her assistant. Yes, that would be perfect. Very well. We'll bid you a good day, Miss Beaton, and thank you once again for all your help. Mm-hmm. Mm. She seems to just kind of muse for a bit, as if she's ruminating in memories. As, as soon as we get out the room, um, I'll, I'll say to, to Mr. Beaton, this, this fella, Fitzgeorge, has cast a spell over your wife and no mistake. A spell? You can't be serious. You know what? No, you know what I mean. His, his, his you know, he's uh, flashing his pearly white teeth and his, yeah, you know, giving her a smile and, uh, and flattering her and that sort of thing. She can, he can do no wrong in her eyes. She, she's not going to listen to reason about what man he really is unless she sees it right up close and personal with her own two eyes. If you need information as far as the. Uh their first social gathering here, perhaps names of other people to call on. I'm certain that uh, I can collect them for you. Aye, aye, I think we'll have a wee, a wee chat. I am very interested to find out if his uh, residence here in London is still staffed. Indeed, or if it's maybe like his residence in Paris. What was in the residence in Paris? You don't want to know, sir. Now, I have hired this agency to find me answers... And I have not but 15 yards behind me a bewitched wife who will not stop speaking of this man she's seen, who has now been gone for three to what, four days. I need answers. What happened? I'm worried if we tell you the truth, you will not believe us. It is a quite fantastical story. You say your wife is bewitched, sir. She, does she not seem? Aye, she does that, sir. But the question is... When you say bewitched, what do you exactly do you mean by that? I, I don't, I don't know. He sits back, as he probably leans back against the wall. He seems exhausted. We've we've only managed to get her up and eating the past day or so, and every other word is wondering if Alexander has called, whether he's dropped a letter, whether anyone has seen him. It's as if it's as if she fails the need to exist without his presence. Like he's cast a spell on her, perhaps. Right, which is why I've used the word bewitched. It's what it seems like. I don't know if it's infatuation. I don't know if she's... You understand, um, later in life, some women get hysteric. Well, I, I, I wouldn't know about uh, about that, sir. No, I, I, I'm just a, a country boy. I, I don't know about uh, this, this sort of thing. I just... You know, I call a spade a spade, as I as I say it. And your wife is definitely not not herself. Your your wife's thoughts and affections are are not as they should be. Uh, and given the nature of what happened at your your, your social gathering, um, and also uh, given the nature of what what we found in his house in Paris, I am more and more inclined to believe uh, that this uh, this fella has some some sort of powers of mesmerism 
you know, I don't know if you've ever seen these fellas that uh, they get up on the stage and, uh, you know, they can pluck numbers out of the air and tell you what you're thinking of and uh, make you make you think you're somewhere you're not, and, you know, make you act the fool up in front of your friends. I'd always assumed there were people planted in the audience. Well, I think for many there are, but uh, but there are, I believe, people who, who've um, got the ability to, to somehow tap into uh, a person's, uh, well, may, maybe their their desires and their needs. Uh, maybe they, they can, you know, maybe they can read people a little bit better and they can suggest things to them and uh, uh, make them behave in certain ways due, just due to the, the, the persuasiveness of their voices, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, I understand, in fact, that there's, a, uh, there's um, some... Uh, some doctors who employ this uh, particular method when they're they're treating patients of a of a particularly hysterical disposition. Well, I just need answers. I know you are trying very hard to get these questions answered and to find him, and so perhaps we could continue our conversation we've had you search the London residence. Yes, we uh, we have some portions of the picture. We would like to present you with the full image when when the pieces come together for us. It is hard for us to explain fully what is going on right now, and I think that uh, it would be even more frustrating to just uh, give you the pieces that we have currently. Yes, well, I trust the both of you are doing your level best. Oh, nothing less, sir. Nothing less, sir. I have some contact with the British Constabulary. There is a man I know inside Scotland Yard. He's an inspector. He might be reasonable enough to bend an ear towards our cause. If you have any trouble with the residents, that is. I, I used to be on the, the force myself, sir. Uh, might I ask the name of this fellow, or is that... Uh... Inspector Barrington from Scotland Yard. Barrington? Would I have heard of Inspector Barrington? Yeah, absolutely. He's a fairly well-known inspector. He's known to be pretty forthright, uh, a very good detective, slow, methodical. Actually, you would know him especially from... Uh, the cases, the recent cases of the Egyptian murders, which were solved. Hmm. And uh, he finally exonerated uh, a couple people who they had brought in for questioning and also brought to justice the man who'd killed his partner, who started the investigation. Uh, hi, I, I, I know I know Barrington. Uh, not personally, but I, I know him by reputation. He's a, he's a good man. He's a good officer. So we met um, by way of a British Army colonel, Herring, and the timber business has uh, done fairly well over the past few years, and we've been able to assist the army with some of their uh, movements ever since the war. I see. Well, um, if, if, if uh, it's all right with you, maybe have a, a quick wee word with uh, your man, Roger Turnberry? Yes, of course. He turns down a hallway and walks towards a uh, what looks like a bedroom. You hear a sharp knock. Within moments, 
Turnberry, uh, a man who's probably just shy of six foot, well put together, but also seemingly well dressed for a member of staff, answers the door in rather quick succession. Yes, sir. Um, Turnberry, this is uh, one of our investigators, Aiden Moore, and then Madame Davina, associate. Yeah, they have some questions for you regarding the lady of the house. You are to answer them in privacy, and anything they require, you will provide. Turnberry seems to kind of not wither so much under the man of the house's gaze, but he does seem to give a very polite nod. Of course, sir. Of course. Anything they need. Ernst leaves. Well, Mr. Turnberry, uh, Roger, was it? Yes, please call me. Call me Roger. It's perfectly reasonable. I'm Aiden. Pleasure. You're Mrs. Beaton's personal assistant, is that correct? I I am. I must admit, uh, it's not been the sunniest of uh, days recently for someone in my position. How do you mean by that exactly, sir? I assume you're here about the um, the matter after the party, yes? I always say, sir, never assume. Makes an ass of you and me. We are here to inquire about the events leading up to the party. Of course. Which is understandable. Why don't you tell us, uh, start by telling us a little bit about uh, exactly what functions that you, you provide for uh, for Mrs. Beaton uh, as her personal assistant? Ah, uh, well, I um, assist her with her social schedule. I assist her here in the home as is necessary during certain functions. And then... I make sure that he seems to pause for a moment. I make sure that the right people get in and the wrong people stay out. You see, you see, indeed, you're uh, you're some you're like a gatekeeper. That be right, sort of thing. Some, perhaps one way to put it, I would say that I am a filter for things that Lady of the House needs. When you say you are a filter, whose interests do you have in mind first? The lady of the house or the, the man of the house? I am in under the employ of Ernest. Understood. What do you know, if you would mind uh, answering this particular question, about uh, a fellow called Alexander Fitzgeorge? I know from personal experience with the gentleman that he is well-spoken, he is well-traveled, and has many residences throughout Europe. That he has for some time captivated the lady of the house with his adventurous tales and has become the target of Ernst Eyre for several weeks now. And what do you make of the man? You yourself, and you can speak freely and candidly. Don't you worry about what your employer or your... your uh... Uh, his his lady wife uh, might might expect you to say. How familiar are you, sir, with tigers? Tigers? Oh, I've never met a tiger, sir. Have you seen one in a book? Uh, I have seen I've seen them in the picture books. Mm. Uh, Mr. Beaton at one point did a small trip to the east, and he saw many fine animals. And he spoke of these leopards or these tigers. And at one point he said that 
the tiger was the most majestic beast he'd ever seen. Beautiful, powerful, quiet, right up until the point where it ate someone. That is what I think of him. A predator, then. I believed him to be a predator when he arrived in full regalia at the first social event here just a month or so ago. What's about six weeks? He had the look of it. And do you believe he was uh, eyeing up Mrs. Beaton as his prey? I believe he was eyeing up anything you get his eyes at first. But I think he settled on Mrs. Beaton because she was in a perfect situation for him, quite frankly. She had been a little listless, a little without direction. Mr. Beaton had, to, of course, focused much of his time in central London at the offices running the company. And, well, they weren't spending as much time together anymore. So she was uh, vulnerable, perhaps. It is one way to put it. But she had always been her own woman. She had always been uh, of her own mind, of her own decisions. And so that first time he came to the house unannounced, I thought our... I thought the head butler might swallow his tongue. The gall of him to call unannounced on a married woman is... Something's very striking. But she allowed him in. A filter in this particular instance, uh, perhaps not quite as effective as it might have been. I went directly to Mr. Beaton. I left the house that day to the offices. I told him exactly what had happened at the front door. And I was shooed out of his office. He didn't think it was a big deal. Either that or his mind was so far in business he didn't hear what I said. Well, he's uh, certainly not of that opinion now. And unfortunately, after their first meeting at the house, I was unable to prevent him from re-entering. She's instructed all staff to allow Alexander in whenever he asked. Well, you seem like a perceptive man. What what would you say, in your opinion, was his, his motive? What was his agenda? Well... From the rather docile choice, maybe just a bit of social climbing, yes? Befriend Miss Beaton, get into larger parties, climb the social ladder as high as he could, become a fixture perhaps in the London social circles because of his air of exotic behaviors and travels. This is not uncommon. It happens. To the more salacious, perhaps, to truly seduce her and consider larger changes at the Beaton household. I infiltrate... Try that again. I so kind of infiltrate his way, worm his way into the household so that uh, he became maybe uh, somebody that they couldn't do without. Uh, I, I I know the kind... Did you, by any chance, do any uh, investigation into the fellow yourself? Find out anything about his background? I did. I admit with some regret that a few weeks ago, I happened upon the house's journal, and I saw that it was open, and so when I was writing it back onto the nightstand, I did notice where he stayed 
and so I had the house investigated by some local boys who were more than happy to keep an eye on it for me. No one came in or out for days. The place on the outside appears as if it is well used, but the boys say it is abandoned, that there is no staff or food there. The lights come on at night as is necessary, and they go off in the morning as necessary. So it's a front. It must be. But for what? I don't suppose by any chance these uh, these boys uh the uh now what what was the name that I've read you know that fella Doyle in his books? What was it? The, the Irregulars, the Baker Street Irregulars. Is that the kind of fellows they were? Yes, um, something of that nature. Although some of them, it seems, maybe just simple chimney sweeps. I don't suppose by any chance you uh, you had any of these boys uh, follow your man Fitzgeorge when he came out of the house one day and see where he actually went? No, uh, to be honest, uh, the boys were a little frightened of the house. They said it gave off a strange air at and the man himself. They frightened him. Mm. More than one of the lads did mention that uh, the predatory look was not game. I see. Now, we heard that he he uh, he came along at uh, a function uh, at the house fairly early on in uh, the, uh, his, his, uh, his relationship with the family. Mm-hmm. He came along as the escort of somebody? Do you by any chance recall who that might have been? Yes, uh, Miss uh, Agnes Heron. She is uh, Colonel Herring's wife. It seems the colonel was doing something at the uh, Imperial College at the at that point and couldn't make the function. And so, for whatever reason, he accompanied the uh, elderly woman here. I see. And did, did uh, they seem to be uh, on good terms, friendly terms, the two of them? Well, it was difficult to say. Alexander made his introductions. He participated in all of the form and function that we normally would. But I must admit, Mrs. Herring was more of a decoration on his arm than anything else. And did, did you get the impression that he knew Colonel Herring? That he, uh, he had uh, suggested in the, the Colonel's absence that he... Uh, he might uh, escort his wife to, to the party? Yes, he said that they'd met in uh, in travels um, during when the, when the colonel was still uh, working through the war. I see, I see. And so there was some sort of friendship there. So as you, as you know, there was uh, something of an incident at the, uh, the function in the house the other day. Uh, and... Uh, well, you'll have seen yourself that uh, um, Mrs. Beaton isn't isn't quite herself now, as you've you've mentioned. We are very firmly of the opinion that this man Fitzgeorge is responsible for this. Uh, as it may come of no surprise, as may come as no surprise to you, based on uh, what what you said, you think of the man, and uh, our uh, our particular lines of inquiry are are, are moving towards finding his location and uh, well bringing him uh, bringing him back home to answer a few uh, a few questions about uh, his his motives and his uh, his intentions and exactly what he thinks he's playing at not to put too fine a point on it um, 
But do you think uh, it might be possible maybe to, to speak to one or two of these uh, these lads that uh, you had have a wee look at the house, um, maybe hear what they have to say about it? It's possible. Uh, I'm certain that they would talk to you for a few donations, of course. Oh, it's always, uh, always a couple of coppers to spare for a, uh, for a, wee, a, a wee lad with a, a sharp eye and a quick mind. Eden, why don't you make me a persuade roll? Absolutely. I've got persuade of 58. And that is a 58. <laughs> exactly. Bang on. Oh, fantastic. You see Turnberry move uh, a little closer. He leans forward. I I don't think you're going to find much there. After the boys came back with nothing, decided to be a little more straightforward. I haven't mentioned this to uh, the man of the house, so if you don't mind. Oh, you're safe, you're safe with us. Last week, I found my way in. Well, no. <clears throat> the house is, this apartment anyway, is um, it's like a relic. Mm-hmm. It's, nothing has been moved there in months. Everything is empty, larder, closets. There's a, a functional bed, but hasn't been touched. I think he may have... I think he may have found out that gotten inside. Well, no. When he came here for the night of the party, he had a very direct conversation with Miss Pete. And he, he wanted her to be rid of me. He said that I was getting in the way, and that I had... Had caused trouble for his travel. Hmm. Interesting. And you found nothing else in the house at all, other than uh, an empty shell. Oh no! I found something. He reaches back behind him and goes to a dresser. I found something. All right. He pulls it out. It's an envelope. He hands it over to you. Look over it. Uh, you see the you see the stamp on the front of the envelope, Aiden, and you know exactly what it is. It's a itinerary from Thomas Cook and Sons. He has a journey planned. What kind of a journey now? Open it up and we'll have a look. Um, the itinerary in there is pretty well written out. Um, the travel agency is fairly well known all over London and beyond. Uh, it appears that his passage on the Orient Express is supposed to take him to Venice. So, uh, so it's not actually tickets, it's just a, a, an, an itinerary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just the itinerary. But it, it's telling that there is no ticket in here. <laughs> so then, he's on a train to Venice. You're going to have to go a little farther if you want to find him. It's looking that way. Madame Davina, you ever been to Italy? Well, in fact, I do speak a little bit of Italian. Oh, well, that'll come in handy if uh, if you're willing to accompany me, I think we've a train to catch. I think that's a perfect place to end this episode. And so thank you so much for joining us for the adventures of Aiden and Madame Davina. We'll check back with them in a little bit. <laughs>